Life Audio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. This is a fun episode. Um, very, very, very last-minute idea, but one that I'm actually really excited about. It's going to be a blast. I just want to say thanks so much for clicking on the podcast and for just being somebody who cares about listening. Uh, it's been a really cool year. We've, uh, like you've seen in all the other ones, if this is not your first time listening, there's been a lot of really cool changes happening, and there's been a lot of um, really awesome growth, lots of new listeners. And so I just want to say welcome to the podcast. I hope that you are encouraged after this episode and I hope you have fun because today we're going to sit down and have a really raw conversation. And uh, currently Courtney's taking selfies, which is amazing. But oh, are we recording? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, you're good. No, but I'm excited to have Courtney on today and I'm not going to intro her yet. We have to get through all of our intro stuff and then we'll intro the famous Courtney that you hear me always talk about but is finally actually in front of the camera. But before we jump into that, big shout out to Life Audio. Thanks so much for helping this podcast be what it is. If you guys want more podcasts like this one, go to lifeaudio.com to check out all of the faith-based podcasts. I think they have a ton of options. There's ones on parenting and Bible studies. And uh, secondly, uh, we got merch, y'all. And I've been talking about it for a minute, but I actually have it on my body right now. Like this hat, this hoodie, which there's lots of stuff going on in the back that you can't see, is all for sale. You can match me and wear it and rep the podcast. And if you want to, you can go to CadenFabrizio.com, click the shop button, and it is all on there. Um, Like I said, I think in the last episode, we have adjusted prices and adjusted ways – and really found new ways to get the podcast to you guys and make it more accessible, but still high quality. So if you checked it out before and we're like, hey, okay, 80 bucks is a little high for me. We heard you. And we dropped the, the price on that so that you guys could get the merch because I want you guys to wear it more than anything. Um, and then lastly, be sure to subscribe to everywhere you listen to this podcast. That's the biggest way to help us. If you love this podcast, you want it to continue to be what it is and grow and be sustainable, really hitting that subscribe button is the biggest thing you could do. So I'll sit here and let you do it. Let me give me a sec. Did you do it? Okay, cool. All right, sweet. That's it. That's all I have for you guys. And if I forgot anything, oh, I did forget something. Where are we right now? We're at the You and Me Studios in Pasadena, California. Big shout out. Uh, so if you want to rent the space, it's in the description below. Rent the space for all your photo, video, and podcasting needs. Um, there's nobody that does it better. I can promise you that. And speaking of that, we have... The woman, really uh, the front woman of UME Media here today. <laughs> this front, is front woman okay to describe you? We can go with that. We that have the works. front woman of UME Media. Um, not only does she do that, does she help produce this podcast all the time. Not only would I be an absolute mess and this podcast never happened if it wasn't for her, but I text her probably five times a week for advice and for help on things, and she is... This, I mean, just a massive answer to prayer for this podcast. So everyone, welcome Courtney onto the podcast. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. That was bold. Was that it bold? was a little much. Was like, it? I'm not that helpful. You I are. Think. You really are. I mean, they, we wouldn't have this space if it wasn't for you believing in well, the podcast. True. That's true. And, and really for real. And then, I mean, I text you four or five times a week, ask you like, hey, should I post this? Should I not post this? Is this good? Is this not good? Did this episode suck? Did it not suck? Like, it's a good partnership. It is. I think. 
I mean, hopefully we're adding value to you as well. You but are. I mean, I'm just grateful for you. So it's gonna be fun too. Courtney, I texted her yesterday and I go, Hey, lack of planning on my part. We need a podcast for tomorrow. What should I do? And she's like, Well, why don't I interview you? And so I thought it was perfect because a lot of the times, actually, when I ask you guys what you want to listen to on the podcast, everyone goes, we want to know more about you. We want to know your story, what you're doing, what you got going on. And so we're going to let Courtney run the show, and I'm going to be my own guest of my own podcast. I love putting hosts in the hot seat of their own show. It feels cool because... I'm really good at this, by the way, so we're going to get the things <laughs> that everyone actually wants to know. We're going we're going deep We're going to get to find them out, if you're honest, which I know you will be. Yeah. No uh, topic is off limits today, unless I edit it out. Also, I'm a little sick. I've got a little bit of the sniffles, so I'm going to try my best not to sniffle. I know I just did it, and it, I know it might sound like someone's holding my nose, but I'm a little sick, but we're fighting through. Um, but yeah, we're going to let Courtney do her thing around the show and it's going to be fun because I've been guests on other podcasts, but I've never been a guest on my own podcast. I will say I'm very good at this. I also am very unprepared for this today. So we're just going to let the Lord, let the Lord lead. Maybe we should pray. We both showed up in, in some fresh kicks today. So I think that that is a sign from God that like we're already in a flow. It's true. I think the Lord knew like, hey, let's get these people in the same wavelength today. Yeah. yeah. So we came up in some heat. All right, Shout out pray. Nike. What'd you say? You pray. Should we pray? Yeah. Okay, let's pray. Lord knows we need it. All right. Lord, thank you so much for today, Father. And just thank you for this podcast and every single listener. Uh, what a fun podcast we have today. But Lord, I just pray that you, uh, your spirit would come alive today, God, that your spirit would, would be present in this podcast, Lord, no matter who's listening, where they're listening, where they're at. Uh, whether they believe in you fully or not, Lord, I just pray that you would reveal yourself today through everything we talk about, Jesus. Let my life be a lighthouse to uh, who you are, Jesus. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Courtney, what do you want to know? Well, I think me and the people yeah. are curious about Yona. Yeah, I think that we're trying to piece together what is it? Is it a church? Is it like a movement? But what's a movement? Like, I think that. We have questions about where the idea came from and Mm -hmm. then questions about where is it going? What are your plans for that? Like what has the Lord really put on your heart? Yeah, I was was just getting a tattoo. Like I literally just came from tattoo appointment. My tattoo artist has been a friend of mine since college. Was like, what is – like he asked the same thing. And I think the best way I can explain like Yona in like one sentence and then like I'll go deep on it. But I would say Yona is – it's a ministry or a movement for young adults to unite young adults and young adult ministries across Southern California for a a once-a-month gathering to encounter the presence of Jesus and create deep community Um, because I just feel like the church is so often not united. And I felt like the Lord was calling us right now to create a space and create a night where young adults could come together, where pastors could come together where no matter your background or who you are or even what you believe or the minute differences in our doctrines or denominations, we could put it aside and actually be the church, get in a room together, be encouraged, meet Jesus, encounter his presence, and then um, let that spark us into revival and into a movement. Because I really believe that God's doing something really unique in our nation right now, and I think you can see that by everything that's going on. Um, But even more so, I think God's doing it in the hearts of young adults, and I believe it's sparking in California. And so I really believe that Yona is going to be a place for young adults to unite, the church to unite, and for um, a move of God really to begin. But I guess I could say the six months ago, I was sitting in a coffee shop, and I was answering emails, and um, 
What's interesting about that is about three months before that, I was at dinner with a bunch of friends. And one of my friends who's extremely prophetic, like annoyingly prophetic, you know those people? Like we're at dinner just hanging out and she just like reaches across the table and just goes, hey, I just want you to know like the Lord's saying like he's going to be silent for the next like three months, but continue to seek him. And I was like, we're at Chili's. Like what? (laughs) Like you can't do this later? Like what? And uh, I was like, no way. Like, I'm hearing God, like, the, like he's, he's been the, the clearest and loudest to me ever in my life. There's no way. And sure enough, like, for the next three months after that, like, I felt like God was silent. Like, I literally had days and weeks where I literally felt like God left me. I was Man, like— Man, three days of silence—or three months of silence, kind of like three days of Jonah in the whale. Yes. Is there a parallel? It is, it is very parallel. So I go three months without hearing God at all or even, like, being in prayer— nothing. It felt like I was in literally in a room alone, like during quiet time in the secret place, just me. That's it. And I, I just chose like, okay, I'm going to try and like seek him out of this. And I don't know if it was part of me being like competitive, like, no God, you're going to talk to me. Or if it was like me just being like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to try and be faithful through this season. Yeah. And that season was a, was it easy to accept that it felt silent because of that word or was that word not really carrying that much weight in that time? I don't even think I was thinking about the word until I look back and go, oh my gosh, it makes sense because I was extremely frustrated and I was at times very discouraged because I, you know, I had most of my life, I just try and be faithful to what I feel like God's telling me. And I feel like God is very clear with me usually. And when he just like felt like he got his stuff and like went home and I'm like, I, I feel like God put so much do. in us that he's like, you, it's already in you. Like, Absolutely. Sometimes we actually, we always need God. For sure. But I think sometimes he wants us to sit in alone. Yeah. And some of it's like, I already told you what to do. Exactly. Go do it. Like you don't need more instruction. I've already told you what to do. So for three months, I kind of did what he already told me to do. I kept working on this podcast and I kept um, creating content to tell people about Jesus. And I kept praying and seeking him. And, uh, and I remember, what came out of it? What came out of it? I'm going to tell, tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So you're such a detailed oriented person. I'm and a detail so oriented not, communicator. Okay. I'll be patient. So I need you to take a breath. I will. I will. Just breathe with me. Got it. Cool. So we'll fast forward to three weeks before I'm in the coffee shop where God gives me the vision of Yona. Three weeks happen and God, three weeks before that, God finally speaks to me and he goes, I want you to pray and thank me for everything you already have. Stop asking me for things. For seven days. So for seven days, I sat there and I, and I prayed. I wrote down and I thanked him for everything I had that he'd already given me. And I will, to be honest, for at, like the seventh day, I was like running out of things. And on the seventh day after that, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I want you to pray for every single person that you know that's in ministry. So for seven days, I prayed for every single person that I knew that was in ministry. I prayed for their ministries. I prayed for their hearts. I prayed for their families. I prayed for growth. I prayed for blessing. I prayed for favor. And then for seven days, I did that. And on the seventh day of that, the Lord said, now for seven days, I want you to pray and ask me for everything you do want. So for seven days, I prayed and I begged him for everything that I did want in my life, my future wife, for uh, even the future truck I want to drive down to, Lord, how you, I desire for you to use me to tell people about you. And uh, the seventh day, I happened to of that after what I look back now on is the 21 days of prayer that God took me on. I was sitting in a coffee shop answering emails talking to a brand about doing a soap deal. And 
I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit out of nowhere and caught the vision and saw a vision of what Yona is, of a body of young adults uniting and us putting down our flags of saying we're separate teams, we're separate churches, like the church down the street doesn't get along with this, and saying we're all one church. We are the church, and we're going to be it. And I saw that God was telling me there's a move of God coming in young adults, and it's going to spark here, and Yona's a part of it. And uh, the reason I named it Yona was essentially what Courtney said. Like, I felt Jonah has always been a very important book of the Bible to me. Like, it's it's the reason that—and this is a whole nother long story that I won't talk about, but it's the reason that I answered the call to ministry uh, on my life. And I felt like uh, when I saw the vision of what Yona was, I saw the Holy Spirit resting on it like a dove. And so— for people that don't know, Jonah means dove. And so Yonah means Jonah in Hebrew. And that's why we named it Yonah. And so that was the vision, how I got it. And then for, from there on, I started praying about it and said yes, and then built a team. And then for three months, we just decided as a team, we were just going to meet together and pray together and believe together. We weren't going to plan a thing. So for three months, we met, we prayed, we worshiped. And then for three months after that, we started planning and then God did some crazy things. I could sit here all day and talk about the miracles and stuff that happened in Yona, and maybe we'll get there. But uh, yeah, and then next thing you know, we launched on March 3rd, 2023, and God blew our minds. That's so cool. It looked awesome. I wish I could have been there. I know. I was bummed. I was, I was we had the next one. It. It's on the calendar. Let's go. Um, April okay. 14th, everybody. <laughs> Be there or unsubscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple questions about what you said. Yeah. You mentioned the church. Um, what is the vision of the connection to the church in this? Because I do see that as actually, uh, as Christians, like as followers of Jesus, the, the politics of church are like our biggest, like downfall, like the disunity and different things that church, church is such a beautiful thing and I believe in it, but Mm -hmm. I do also see the politics that just come into like this camp or that denomination or this or that. So for you, what role does the church play in Yona? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we've already come against a little bit of like what you're talking about. That's what I, I actually, that was my first question was yeah. like, how has the church responded? Yeah, so but I'm trying to give the church benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Be yeah, nice, yeah. But for sure. Yeah. We love the church. We believe in her, um, the bride. But yeah, we've already come across a little bit of that. And I'll talk about that. But the large majority actually, which is crazy, have been on the same page as us. The large majority right now, which I would say is actually not typical to maybe Western Christianity, at least in the last 25 to 30 years of what's been built with the kind of the new flow of churches, um, is people are getting on the same page and going, yeah, this is what we need. Like, we actually need this. And that's an answer to prayer. I think that's how you can see God's hand is on something like this, is that we've only come across a couple people that had questions and then like a couple people that maybe said some negative things, but we're still believing like they're going to catch the vision. But for us, the vision of unity looks like a couple of things, and we're still workshopping it too. Like we're still trying to figure out what the best way is to do that. But I mean, our first night we hosted four young adult pastors from four churches around um, our local area, and during the night we had them stand up and highlighted and honored them, and then also told people like, "Hey, if you need a body, if you're looking for people to connect with, if you're looking for discipleship, if you're looking for a community, like here's four people. Here's Jason from Free Chapel. Here's Alan from One and All. Here's Steve from Crossroads. Here's Jaden from Hillside." get connected with these people. These people are your way to community and your way to experiencing um, what it is to walk with other believers and become part of a church. Yona is like, is is another addition to what you should look forward to. Like we are another thing for you guys to look forward to on a Friday night where you go, we run with our, we, we make 
all of our streams one river this night. And so for us, like a part of that is getting other uh, churches in the room and having them be a part of it. But the other heart of ours is that, um, and I think if you're a pastor or ministry leader, anybody that works in ministry or even serves like every single weekend, you can car- you can kind of start to feel like church becomes almost like work. And so for our a part of our heart at Yona is like, we want to invite these pastors in and let them hang their capes up at the door, host them make them feel honored, comfortable, and at home so that they can even encounter Jesus. They can have a they can have a moment where they feel poured into, they feel loved on, they feel hosted. They don't have to sit there and watch production and go, this needs to change and this needs to change. Like they don't have to sit there and make sure security is working well. They don't have, you know, like they can turn the ministry brains off for a second and just sit with their heavenly father and sit with other believers and uh, encounter Jesus. And I think Part of our heart for that, for unity, is building them up and believing in them um, as and what they're called to, really. And I think in the future, too, we want to do some collaborative efforts with those pastors and other pastors and continue to invite them and do some, like, ministry-type fairs and all these kinds of things that we're kicking around. But for now, I think it's just inviting people to come be a part of it and um, trying to love on host and pour into them. If and it's okay if you don't have an answer to this, but what would like is there a secular business model? Not making you a business model, yeah. but like, is there a secular thing out there that you would be like, it's the Christian version of this? No, but I could say it's like a stripped back version of like One Day LA. If like anybody out there knows like what that was, and like they're doing One Day Houston. Um, if you don't know what that is, like a quick recap of what it was it was like uh they hosted a concert by justin bieber and encouraged people to go out and serve their community and then they partnered with a bunch of churches in the area and brought everybody in for like a worship night concert type thing uh so i'd say it's similar ish to that on a smaller scale as of now yeah yeah as of of now we got really 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 big vision like we i mean i can throw it out there um i might not but like we we have vision to take Yona on the road. We have vision for Yona music. We have vision for um, Yona conferences and filling stadiums. Like we have vision for that, but we're so excited about what God's doing right now. It's not, I'm not like super focused on those things. It's kind of like, we're just trying to get to April. You know, like we raised enough money for March. Now we got to raise enough money for April because that's yeah, the other question. What kind of people are like supporting this or like, how is that working? Like, are you paying for this? Are you like gathering? Like what is. Yeah. So, I mean, we had for the first night, we had like a bunch of individual donors give some money. It was more so like close family and friends of mine to be very vulnerable. I sent out a video to a bunch of close family and friends and said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Uh, this is what I believe God's calling me to do. And this is how much money I, we need to raise for the first night. And uh, we did it. We raised actually a little bit more than we needed. Um, and now, like, after doing the first night and kind of seeing, like, what do we need more, we're realizing, like, we need a lot more stuff than we had. And uh, so the price obviously goes up. So now we're actually, like, starting to meet with, like, business leaders and people and trying to figure out how we get some donors and some people involved that want to, like, sow a seed and believe in what God's doing and young adults lives in California and the unification of the church. And it's, we're still believing for those relationships to like happen, but I've had some good meetings in the last couple of days that kind of feel like bricklaying meetings. So maybe something will come of those, but that's the thing about us. We're, we're a California nonprofit awaiting our 501c3. So we're not funded by like another church. We're not an arm out of a church. We are Mm -hmm. our own nonprofit. So we have to find ways to fund ourselves 
and we have built a large team too with people who have full-time jobs or we're doing things working really hard so we're trying to find ways to raise money and get funds and be able to hire some staff and make this thing like sustainable but that's just part of the process so so give as the lord leads yeah so if you want to give you can go to donorbox.org slash yona if you feel led to sow a seed um we are a nonprofit, so you'll get tax um deductible receipts so wink wink also if you know a business that wants to sow seed pass yona along um I actually love that it's not branched out of a church. This is like yeah. my second negative thing I've said about the church. So we I want to make Can that you very clear. We're for the church. Courtney. We are so, I am very for the church. Yeah. I really, really am. I also know that churches are made of people mm-hmm. and people are not perfect. Totally. And so in that I could see reservation or like a little bit of resistance also because like six years ago, I tried to do this exact same thing. Yeah, I think you told me that. And actually. I did it branch out of like a very sustained church and so when the leadership changed the new leaders couldn't catch the vision and yeah. it just like it's it tough. just stopped so we did like two yeah. years of it in the two years the vision that the lord gave me which is identical to you probably I, I, very similar to one day la but like someone was like bashing on something i posted some like theology difference you know yeah, it was so always. stupid and minute I was, so annoyed. Yeah. I go to their page. I see they're like in their bio, like obsessed with Jesus too. And I'm just like, what? And then that night I went to a Hillsong concert. This is probably like, probably like eight years ago. And, um, I'm just like in tears because I'm at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, which is 22,000 people. And 95% of this arena, like, hands are up. People are crying. People are, And I'm like, there's no way that every person in this room agrees on how people are yeah, baptized so or good. money or, you know, what type of denomination. Like, there's no way everyone in this room is the same denomination. Look what happens when you just look at Jesus. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, what happened at Pentecost is yeah. everyone is in one room in one accord and heaven filled exactly. the room. And I, that's what I love about Yona so much mm-hmm. is that it really is just a cry for the presence of God to yeah. like fill a space. And I, I have no doubt you'll see that happen. One thing that you said whenever you were talking about your time, like where you weren't really hearing from God and then you did like those three, was it three months? Yeah. It was like three said? months. Yeah. Um, is that God told you to pray and, or God told you, you, sorry, you said God Back told you, rewind, put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> you said God told you to tell him, thank you for everything you have. And yeah. then you said, correct me if I'm wrong, but tell him everything you want. Yeah, it was, it was thank him for everything that I had, pray over every single person that I knew that was in ministry. And then it was um, ask him for everything I wanted. I think it's so interesting that God told you to ask for everything you want and not everything you need because when you ask for everything you want, you eliminate any need that you might have. And I just think God is going to like really just the floodgates of heaven are going to open. I think that the world feels so dark and I think that more of this Yona spirit is like what the body of Christ needs so much. And I do think that as much as I do love the church, there are a lot of things in practice that man created that mm-hmm. I think needs to be undone. Yeah. Again, I'm not, it sounds like I was like, yeah. you know, it sounds like I have a negative. It's I what really, Elise Murphy said when she was here. She goes, we critique the church the church because we love her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're in a relationship that you care about, you like, 
you pick at it, Absolutely. but it's because you're so invested and you love it so much. That's yeah. exactly how I feel. And I think that Yona will support the vision of the church. And I think that it'll be really great. Tell me about like your team. So yeah. you said you have a team put together. What does that look like? Are you... What kind of leader are you? Like, are yeah. you kind of like, this is my vision, who wants to come along? Or like, what's your like leadership dynamic there? Yeah, so first of all, thank you for saying all the nice stuff about Yona. Like, I think that's part, what I always tell people is I go, we're not, we're not the local church, but we are for the local church. And like, the hope is that when Yona grows, we're growing the local church. Like, we're reaching people that don't want to walk into a church building, but they'll come to a packing house full of food and dessert that has an event space connected to it. It's a warehouse building that we decided we'd put abandoned. You know, like they might come to that. And so I think part of the vision that you've caught for Yona too is so much of our heart. So thanks for clarifying and saying that. But what kind of leader am I? I think from the second that the Lord gave me this vision, I knew that I didn't have all the answers nor the capability to do it myself. And I think that's kind of the kind of leader, at least I hope that I am, is the kind of leader that says like, I'm not the best in the room. I'm not the smartest in the room. I'm not even like the most equipped to do this potentially in the room. I don't have the most experience. Like one of our guys who does all our ministry operations and leads Yona Music, he just turned 40. He's got like 25 to 30 years of ministry experience just over me, you know, like, and uh, still he's like submitted to the vision, which is cool. And so, but for me, it's like, I know that like Jacob knows way more about so much more than I do. Um, one of our other guys, Mike, who runs all our operations, he knows so much more about management and operations than I know. And so for me, what I decided, like when God gave me this vision is like, I feel like the Lord gave me a vision to bring to people to ask if they want to help me carry it. And so I've, what I've been telling the team this whole time is, yes, I was given the vision, but we all picked it up together. And so letting people like f- know that they are a massive part of what we're doing, like we couldn't do it without each other. Like I'm not... This is not like come worship Caden or come like listen to everything. Caden has all the answers. Like I want to hear what people have to think and and say. Like I I, I want to hear what their input is. I want to hear how they want to solve a problem. Like I, I don't want to just be like a like a, a demonstrative like just controlling leader. I want to be a leader that like gives people leeway and like empowers them to like walk in what they've been called to do in Yona. Um, so I think we've created like a really cool structure of like me as the like lead executive director and founder of Yona, but also being supportive by like our, um, executive, um, director of ministry operations and Yona music and our director of operations and our creative director. And then, um, having my dad as our external operations director, he's a retired fire chief. He just retired like a few months ago. He's like the most opposite brain to me possible, like having him a part of our executive team has been awesome too. So, um, yeah, I think we've created a very interesting structure that we're starting to work, but is we're figuring out too at the same time, you know? So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I was just curious. Yeah. I've only you know, seen I, you in this setting. Yeah, I'll say this. I am an Enneagram 7, and if anybody's an Enneagram 7, like it knows anything about Enneagram, like uh, – like I can cast vision for days. Like I can sit down and just like come up with the craziest ideas, but like execution of vision is like not my gifting. And I, I know that. And, um, so what I did is I actually called a bunch of my friends and I asked them who I knew had Enneagram seven leaders and I asked them what they liked about their Enneagram seven leaders and what they didn't. And I called my friend JD Rogers and I asked him and I 
and I took notes from what everybody said they liked mm-hmm. and they didn't like about the Enneagram 7 leader. And I've been like consistently checking myself over these notes and making sure like, okay, these are the things that they said. Like I heard they said that they didn't feel appreciated or loved sometimes. Like they felt like bulldozed over by vision. They didn't feel listened to. Some said that they felt like the the leader just wanted their gifts and didn't want like who they were and all these things that, that I heard that people list. And I, so for me, I've been working really hard at like looking at those and checking myself on those things and being like, okay, one, am I staying true to who I am? But two, am I loving people well? And then three, am I leading them well? Because I think if I can love the people on my team well and I can love the people who come to Yona well, then I can, out of that love that manifests through the spirit inside of me, hopefully I can lead them well. So I've been trying to work really hard at that and trying to become a better leader all the time. Who are some of the people in your life that you give full, like, if you see it, call it out? Yeah, so there's a couple. So one of them would be Jacob Poole, who does all our Yona music and, like, ministry operation stuff. And he's he's who you said is 40, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he would be one of them. Uh, My dad would be another person. Who That one is always, like, tough. feels different coming from your parent, but, like, who knows you better, you know? Um, and then like Tracy Campbell and Dylan Long um, have it. And then there's a guy who's praying about sitting on our board um, who I got coffee with yesterday morning. Who knows if he sees something, he's allowed to call it. So I've, and then another person would be uh, Corey Fenn, who uh, he leads a ministry called Onward and like supports and resources pastors and young leaders. And he's been invaluable to like what Yona, the the business nonprofit side of Yona is. Like I wouldn't do it without him. Um, he knows he has that. Uh, that leeway as well. So I've tried my best to like put those people in place. Basically, how are you going to keep from becoming the biggest like laughing stock of history in yeah. 20 years? You oh, yeah, know absolutely. What I mean? Or like a biggest D bag ever. That's what I mean. Yeah, totally. No, there's definitely a lot of people in my life. I think you included would will, call me so fast. I don't know fast. if you've given me that room, but I definitely take it Absol- when well, I, I mean, want. like literally yesterday I sent you a, a post. I go, does this seem pretentious? Like, is this D baggy? Like, because I, tr- I trust you because I trust that you care, but you have a lot of experience, but also like you're one of the most straightforward, blunt people I know. So you definitely have that leeway in my life. Absolutely. Well, and my sister and my brother-in-law and like some of my best friends in my life. You seem like a very correctable person. Like you seem like someone be. who receives correction really well. Are you a seven wing eight or a seven wing six? I'm a seven wing six, but I'll challenge you if I have to. Yeah, that's what I, I feel like some of the responses you were saying, like I don't, I feel bulldozed or whatever. I feel like that. I'm at eight wing seven, and I feel like I can be a little bulldozy sometimes. Yeah. So I was curious if you were a wing eight or not. Yeah, I'm definitely a six, but the eight's there if you push me a bit. Cool. Yeah, I I, I like that. And yeah. it, like we yeah. got you got you can't you got to be yeah. able to throw challenge yeah. tra- challenge I, uh, flags. I'm not a, I'm not a walking man. Like don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Got it. Because I'll I'll step I'll step on you. My husband's a wing seven, and like just between our dynamic, it is it is funny like. I don't think I, as an eight, could work with a seven. As like a boss or as like a lower than For sure not as a boss. Okay. For sure not as a boss because it's it's a bit of pinball dynamic sometimes Mm -hmm. and that drives me nuts because I just want to go like straight through. But at the same time, I can lean into my seven. So therefore, usually if I work with a seven, we don't get anything done. Oh, absolutely. Because that's the thing like, and I know that about myself as like a seven, like, and as like a kid, like. Doctors always wanted to like diagnose me with ADHD. Like I was never sat still. I've always been like hyperactive. My brain's always moving. Like I'm always thinking about something. What's next? What can we do better? How do we do this? How do we, like my brain's always there. And 
I know that about myself though. So I try my best to like in a meeting, not be pinball-y. Like if we're brainstorming, yes, let's open the floodgates and I can sit there for hours. But other than that, like let's create agendas, let's create systems, let's be, let's, let's like be systematic. Let's get that going. Let's like put these things in place so that it helps my pinball-y leadership potential. So, and I, I would honestly, I would, I would credit that to my dad. My dad's like a type A systems guy. And so that's how it was growing up for me. So I think it's easy for me to be like, okay, I think I definitely need some of those around. So how does your mom feel with you and your dad, like working together? I mean, she, my mom is like a big part of Yona as well. Obviously like she is doing all like the hospitality stuff. So she like set up the green room and like took care of the, like the worship band and like baked cookies. And so she's awesome. But I think my mom would probably say it's awesome because my dad and I are very different. And when we, I was younger, like struggled in our relationship. He was my tennis coach when I was like trying to be a pro tennis player and stuff. And so that was like an interesting dynamic, but like the Lord has been so good about like really like redeeming that relationship over the last like five years, six years. And we become super close. And like, I consider him like one of my best friends now, which is really awesome. And so I I bet my mom would say it's cool to see us working together. And I bet she'd see that he drives me crazy sometimes. I bet she'd see that like I'm dying to myself frequently with the conversations with him just because we're so different. But it's it's like a it's a good balance. I love that you have your dad, and I love that you have your music director. I'm so sorry. What is his Jacob? Name? His name's Jacob. Jacob. Poole. He's an Jacob. absolute legend. You know, he like, just won a Grammy for what? He wrote Kingdom with Maverick City. Wow, of course he did. Yeah, crazy. That's awesome. Wild. That's so cool. Um, I think that in today's age if anything like this is going to work there has to be such a good baton process and I think people forget that when the baton is passed there is a moment in the race where both hands stay on the baton yeah and I think that that's one of the things that I love about this like you're not trying to rewrap something that's already been done for like this new generation like it is truly a a kingdom thing yeah like we want to provide like a really fresh experience maybe something that you walk in it's maybe feels like something you're invited to that you haven't been to before but we're not like reinventing the wheel like the methods are the same we're just trying to figure out a little bit different vehicle and I think the same time though there's no like you said there's no real way to repackage the gospel and keep it truth and there's no real way to like repackage like worshiping Jesus and like being encouraged with a sermon like those things are going to look sort of the same I think what can change is like mentality, culture. I think the human part of it. The human part of it can change. Because the fascination of Jesus will sell itself. Yeah. That's the thing about like talking about like selling. I don't mean that, but like it is something you have to get people to come to. But I think that only you'll have to do that like once or twice. I mean, and li- I think the fascination of Jesus will just be there and it will, that will grow it. Yeah. I mean, the first one we did March 3rd, 2023, on a Friday night was supposed to be our soft launch. Yeah, can we talk about this Friday night in Rancho thing? Yeah, no, it's tough. It's really hard. It is tough. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. I know it's tough. But the vision's bigger. But uh, it was the first night was supposed to be a soft launch night. Like we had, the Lord was very clear with me about March 3rd. Um, that story is crazy. Like, so I was praying about, Lord, when should we do this? I hear like very clearly March 3rd, 2023. And I had known, I'd been telling the team from the beginning, we're going to do a first Friday of every month. Uh and so I hear March 3rd, 2023, and I go, okay, if that was God, it's going to be the first Friday of, of March. And it was. So then we were like, okay, that's the date. We're sending it. And we didn't have a venue for literally 
in February, we still didn't have venue. And how we found the venue was crazy. Okay, March 3rd, 23rd, it was going to be a soft launch. So we were just going to invite like 50 people, literally, friend, close friends, family, uh, and tell them they can bring a friend. Like that was going to be our soft launch. We wanted to like steward it, make sure it looked, it was good, make sure we like knew what we were doing. Like, mm-hmm. And um, then we started praying about it. And we were like, I think we should open this up to everybody. And that was the Wednesday before the Friday. And we're sitting in a meeting that Wednesday and Jacob, again, this is the wisest guy, he goes, I just feel like the Lord is saying, why sharpen an arrow when it's time to shoot it? Mm. And I was like, yeah, I feel the same way. Let's go. So Wednesday night, I hop on my stories and I'm like, it's like Wednesday midday at that point, I think. And I'm like, hey, we're doing this thing on Friday. If you guys want to come, here's like the the invite and we just start like we just put it out there and then we on friday we like put 100 chairs out in faith like hey maybe 100 people will show up and in in, like the first 15 minutes of opening doors we were like we need to put out more chairs like we ran out of chairs we had like i think 135 people ended up coming it was like it was great like it was crazy and i was like when they walked in i like look at mike and i look at my sister i'm like there's like people here i'm not gonna lie when i saw the footage i was like yeah, okay. like there's like we were like, oh my god, there's like people here, and there were people there like hungry for Jesus. People sitting there going, I don't know what I'm at because like we didn't really tell anybody. We're just like, hey, if you love Jesus or you're interested, like let's all be the church, let's unite together, let's come to this thing. And people showed up and were like, at, people walked up to me afterwards and go, uh, what? I didn't no idea what this was, but like I've never experienced anything like this in my life. I can't wait to come back next week. I'm bringing everybody I know, and we were like. Wow, this was like no marketing, like no advertising, literally less than 48 hours before the event. Like we just just told some people and like, look what God did with like our obedience and Mm -hmm. our faithfulness. So that's like just another crazy element of what he's been doing. And like, I don't know, I'm still at a loss of words for it, to be honest. It really is cool. From a marketing standpoint, I think that's why I was so shocked because in LA, there's something new going on like every day. And so when I saw that... I was like, I was very impressed at God that he would multiply in that way. Cause that's when, you know, like, okay. Oh my God, God's on this. And like, the thing is, is weird. Like I told the team, like literally in our production meeting, right before we opened the doors, I go, Hey, we don't know how many people are coming. We're here for an audience of one today though. Like we are here to preach our brains out to minister to the heart of Jesus. We're here to worship our brains out to minister to the heart of Jesus. Like if 10 people show up, or a thousand people showed up. It's the same for us. And then 135 people showed up and we were like putting out chairs, you know, like it. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. 
crazy because the mindset for us this that that at least for me that I always like told myself is like I when I said like all right Lord I'll do this I decided like the mark of success for us at Yona was never going to be numbers it was always going to be impact and so that and that's the same with this podcast it's I've always said that it's not about numbers for me and although God's blessing it and like we're growing crazy like I'm like it's not about that for me it's about if someone turned this off and goes I encountered Jesus or I heard him or I was encouraged. It's always going to be about impact. And that's the same at Yona. So when we are on our Friday night, things about to launch and we're just want people to be impacted. And then 135 people flood in this building and we go, Oh my gosh, like that's 135 chances for someone to be impacted. It was amazing. And then we had somebody, we heard a story from somebody who said like their brother came and recommitted their life to Jesus. And then somebody else came who's new to the area, didn't have a home church, didn't know where to go, got plugged into one of the young adult pastors, went to church that Sunday, is making that church their home church. So already we're seeing like success stories of like, oh, this is, God's on this and it's working. It's, and it's kind of cool. I love that. It's so cool. Okay. Let's shift gears for a second. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I think this is the, actually the craziest season of my life. Like, I think I've been working from 9 a.m. to probably 10 p.m. or 10.30 or 11 p.m. every single night for maybe the last, like, three weeks. Like, it's just been the busiest, craziest season of my life. But I'm, like, very full. Like, I'm very, like, I'm having an absolute blast. And although, like, at times, like, I'm stressed about, like, how are we going to afford to do the next one? Or I'm stressed about, like, you know, are we going to do as many – or as many people going to come? You know, what – at the same time, I'm going, man, I'm having so much fun. Like, I just feel like I've, like, kind of, like, locked into, like, the niche and then, like, kind of locked into the will and the call of what God's placed on my life. And it feels like I've kind of settled into my sweet spot, if I'm being honest. So, like, I'm doing really well. I'm doing amazing, and I'm grateful. And I, It's kind of felt like a whirlwind to me. Like, it's kind of, like, I still don't really know what's happening. And I'm trying to find new rhythms to figure out how to balance the podcast and balance um, social media stuff, as well as like this brand new ministry that we launched. And since we launched on Friday, it has not stopped for one second. And that like, it's on, it's truthfully jumped to the top of the priority list for me of things. So I'm trying to figure out new rhythms and what's going to work. And, um, I'm going to like start saying no to brand deals probably. And like creating more time for myself to put into Yona and, and then just trust God with finances and stuff. But yeah, I'm doing great. For all the ladies out there, are you single? I'm, yeah, I'm very single. Still single. Ladies, you heard that. If you love Jesus. If you love Jesus, DM Courtney. What? No, I don't want to Yeah, I don't, don't DM me. I'm not I'm not checking. DM Courtney, and Courtney will vet you. And uh, yeah, you have to make over 100K. Just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm going to ask for your quiet time journal. Yeah, your, it's good. Your bank statement. It's good. And not that you have to have money to be a good girl, but... Yeah. But uh, it helps. Just kidding. We're not looking for any leeches. Here, no, it's you know? true. It's true. We want um, someone who's faithful with their money. Rich in soul and spirit, really. That's what good. we're after. We're looking for good soil to plant with. There you go. You know? Okay, well, that was that was a little too far. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was a little cheese. Just kidding. We are cheese. That's who we are. That was a little, um, tell me you, you grew up in church without telling me you grew exactly. up in church was that one. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. How has um, your perception up, because you're 23? Four. I turn 25 Four. next month. Oh, when? April 21st. My birthday's April 7th. How did we not know this? I think we talked about this before. Oh. It's okay. I just care more about people than you do. Yeah. Go sorry. ahead. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, cool. So you're 24. 
how has your perception of what ministry and church looks like now that you're into your adulthood versus like when you were in youth group and just thought like the world isn't perfect? Yeah, uh, it's changed a lot. I think like I grew up in church and like battled and walked through a lot of like church hurt, honestly, like through like multiple levels and layers of my life and had to like, to, like, I think I talked about this in Elise's episode, like truthfully until I was probably 19, like hated church and hated like the institution of church and like questioned if that's what God really had planned and like desired for Christians when I was like 19 because I just walked through so much junk. And, but like the Lord always had his hand on my heart and I always really loved the Lord. And obviously there's different layers of intimacy in my relationship with Jesus as I've grown up and walked through certain things and made bad decisions and good decisions and been a human being. But I think when I was 18 or 19 years old, like feeling called to ministry, in my mind, it looked like this box. Like it looked like, okay, like, all right, Kaden, like you better get prepared to like lock yourself into how this looks. So get ready to get shut into this box and look a certain way and um, act a certain way and be a certain thing and uh, get ready to make $60,000 as a youth pastor for the rest of your life. You know, like just that was what I thought ministry was. It was like this certain thing. And I think as I've grown and as I've actually like seeked an intimate relationship with the Lord and kind of learned who I am and what ministry actually is in the context of the life of Jesus I've learned it so much more than that. Like it's so much more than just a box. It's so much more than vocation. It's so much more than how you look, how you dress, how you act, what you sound like, if you can say the right things and be the right things. And if you can um, look like Stephen Furtick, but it's more so like if you can stay true to who God has called you to be and so desperately desire to live a life intimately with him that looks like him and then models him in no matter where it is he places you. Um, So for me, like, I, I definitely didn't think that I would do ministry one day through social media that would eventually turn into a podcast that would eventually turn into a night, a once a month nightly gathering that is a young, I believe is a young adult movement. Like I, you know, it's like, I didn't think that it would look those way, those ways. So for like people listening, I'd say if you're feeling called to ministry, don't necessarily box yourself into like, it has to be in a church. Like I have to graduate with a biblical studies degree and then I have to go get a job at a church. And then that's how it looks like, Ministry can look like so many different things, like even in in your life and your businesses and what you do, like you do ministry so much. And so figuring out what God in the space God has called you into, because I think it's easy. And I've always told people this and I told I even like told my parents this at times when I was risking building something uh, and and risking maybe not making as much money or risking uh, really being in the red and spending more money than I was making and risking like doing all these things God has called me to do and risking building a team of people and paying how much money we paid for a Yona night and hoping people come. Like there's been, I've taken so many risks. And what I've told people is like, for me at least, and what I feel God has called me to do, the easy route would have been for me to go get a job at a church. Like I have a master's degree in in Christian ministries. I went to seminary. I could go get a job at a church. But that felt like that was not what God was calling me to do. And it felt like that would have been the easy route. And that may not be for everybody. Like for somebody else, God may be calling you into the church to go do that. And the easy route may be for you to not do that. But for me, the e- I knew the easy route for me was going to be quit all this, go get a job in a church and just do the regular thing. Like do the boxing thing. Like do the thing that like is this the tip the typical like 
model, and I'm not bashing it. Like there, we need those pastors. We need those people. We, God is calling people into that. I just knew for me that that wasn't like necessarily me. And so I think coming to grips with, like you said, like learning how that shifted in my life and then learning what he's called me into and what he's not called me into, because maybe I would be the worst ever local church pastor, you know, like, because maybe I wasn't just, I just maybe wasn't called to that. And there's some other people that are the greatest because they were called and graced for that. But learning like what you are graced for and what you are called into, I think is really important for figuring out like what ministry looks like for you in your context. And What would you life. say to someone who is in that position where they know they, they do have a calling on their life, but they don't know what it is? When I say a calling, we all have a calling. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're saved or unsaved and just don't know it yet. Like God has a calling for all of us, but to someone who's specifically called to ministry but they don't know where to start, how to get going, or like what that even looks like, what advice would you give to them for a daily, like to do on the daily? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think I would first say um, if you're not seeking God, start. Because I think, and start not because you want to be called into ministry and be a good minister, but start to seek God because you truly want to know who he is. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to know who you are and what you're called into if you never actually know who he is and and, and what he is calling you into. Um, so for like for me, it was a lot of seeking, a lot of praying, a lot of asking, a lot of on my knees, a lot of crying, a lot of honestly, truthfully, a lot of days just like this is not working. Maybe this is not what God has called me into. But following that sense, following that voice, following um, prophetic words I had gotten, following what I know God had placed in my heart. Um, and I'll say this. At some level, I started to trust what God had placed in my heart because I knew I seeked God enough that my heart was mirroring his. And so starting to believe that what he placed in my—what it was in my heart, he placed it there, gave me confidence and freedom to know, like, this is what he's called me into— and because the more the more time that we spend with Jesus, the more time we we seek Him, the more time we desire to know Him, the more we live righteously and we desire to live a life like His. Like the Bible says, it actually our heart begins to transform, our desires transform, and we actually begin to align with Jesus. Like we, the Bible says, our mind becomes renewed. And we actually have the mind of Christ, and so these desires and these hearts and these thoughts and these feelings and the things we want, if you are pursuing Jesus and walking with Him intimately, they are the same. So when I get a crazy idea in a coffee shop to start a night to gather the church and young adults, I know because of what, how, I've, how I've modeled my life, that desire is upward. Like that desire is coming from him. It's nothing that I have, like I've mustered up in my own strength. So for people listening, I'd say seek Jesus merely to know who he is and you will find out what he wants for you because your heart will begin to look like his. And then the second thing I would say is like start to make a ton of friends, like start to go to church and love everybody, meet everybody, talk to everybody. If you end up at a dinner, if someone invites you to a dinner and you end up meeting somebody that you didn't know, make a friend with them because you never know what God's going to do through that relationship. You never know what door is going to open. You never know how he's going to unite people, how your dreams and their dreams are the same and how he wants to take you guys together to do something. Like you just don't know what God wants to do. I've learned in my life by being blessed with so many amazing friends there's something very powerful about like collaboration in the kingdom. And if you make friends with no like desire to use people, but like a desire to know people, what ends up happening is God like unites you and brings people together and something beautiful usually comes of that. So those would be my two advice. It's such good advice. I think collaboration is key for kingdom work too. Yeah. I think a lot of times uh, our generation wants to gatekeep because like everyone's 
looking for a new idea. Yeah. And so I think that what you said is so good. Okay. What are some things that you feel like, I think just like grace us a little bit of like the humanness of launching your own ministry and you have such like a cool podcast and all this stuff, like for the people out there that want to be more confident in these areas of maybe putting themselves out there or listening to the calling on their life but walking in that obedience and that faith. What are some times that like you've missed it and how have you seen God, even though you missed it, still redeem it in the end? Uh, wow. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, um, some people may know this and may, many people may not, but for three and a half, four years, I was dating somebody and I actually was engaged to them for Yeah, let's for talk two about years. this because I actually don't yeah. know this phase of your life. I know. So for, yeah, four years of my life, I was in a relationship and uh, we actually were engaged for like a year, over a well, year. How old were you when you got engaged? I think I was 20, just turned 21 or 20. Hmm. So I was young. I was super young. And I, yeah, we talk about it. But um, yeah, I think in that season of my life, I was uh, not, I was justifying what I, worldly success is like God's hand on my life. And I was justifying like, uh, what's was right in front of me as like, Oh, this is what God had given me. And none of that was actually true because I, what I was actually doing was I had to actually compromise a lot of who I was to be in this relationship and do what I was doing and be doing just like just influencer fashion stuff. And, uh, I think what I realized from that is like, and I, I don't want to say no fault to like the girl I was dating, no fault to her. Like she's not a terrible human being. Like, these were all decisions I made myself and I, and I, the things that I thought myself. Um, but I was out of the will of God completely in this season of my life. And he absolutely chased me down, absolutely chased me down and, uh, broke off the engagement, pulled me out of that situation and then sat me down. And essentially I'd say for two years, basically gave me new vision and reunited who I was and who he'd called me to be. And so I, I think that was one of the times in my life that I missed the mark because I got distracted by things that seemed a little sexier, like uh, money and no like, pun intended. yeah. And Not like, girl. just kidding. Yeah. That's part of it too. And like getting married and like maybe moving somewhere cool and like, you know, doing all these cool things distracted me from what God had actually called me to do. And I think what's funny is I can look at that part of my life and be like, wow, that was a very, very, very like deeply broken time of my life. Like I was struggling so much on the inside and it was because I was completely out of what God had called me to do and operating in ways I was not graced for or called to. And so I'd say if anybody's in that season, like, or feeling that way, like the Lord, he is knocking at the door. He is trying to pull you out and he will pull you out of that situation and uh, redeem because he did. He redeemed so much of my life. I wouldn't be here doing this. I wouldn't have launched Yona. I wouldn't have a bunch of amazing friends. Like I wouldn't be close with my family like I am now. It's just so many things would not be the same if it was not for how he intervened in that part of my life. And then I think like all the time, uh, I may be missing it. Like I think maybe some days I'm distracted by the worries of like running businesses or like distracted by the worries of like making money or distracted by all these like typical human stresses or the stresses of like, oh, I can't believe I'm still single. You know, like the stresses of like, definitely thought I'd be married by now. Or like all these things that you Can't think. Twenty four. I'm twenty. Just... I'm almost twenty five. Just so old. Um, you've been. You were married at like fifteen. 
Okay. Chill. Also, I'm from Texas. That's normal. There. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, you turn 18, <laughs> you like just get betrothed, like immediately married. I bet if you didn't marry Gray, you had like someone lined up. If I wouldn't have married Gray, I'd probably still be single. No. No, for I would want to be single, I'm saying. Oh, that's sweet. Gray. No, okay. Gray's yeah, the so only sweet. one. He is the only one. It's but adorable. I'm just saying, I because I got married so young, Yeah. and now I've like come to LA and just seen how much more life is out there. Not men, more literal life. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I just think I would have done a better job at becoming who I am mm. before getting married. Yeah. And to add to what you were saying, had I done that, had Gray and I got married at the perfect time, if that was a perfect time, regardless, like what I love about God and the biggest mystery of God that I just am so thankful for is his ability to make plan B become the new plan A with yeah. like such, such supernatural grace on it. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that. And it sounds I mean, that's exactly what you just described. Like totally you went through all of this stuff. Who knows like which part of that was actually, you know, God ordaining each step. Cause that's what yeah. we pray for. Like that's yeah. what we believe for. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as Christians we get, um, bored with the fact that when we obey sometimes nothing happens yeah because that's actually god's protection totally like we pray for protection when we go for a drive but then sometimes we forget to pray because nothing's ever happened but how do we you know what i mean like i just think that it's such this this thing that has always wowed me about who god is and his ability to make such a wild turn turn into this beautiful story yeah and that's really cool i didn't know all of that about your last relationship and Mm -hmm. your past and everything but i mean same for both of you like god can just restore and redeem so much that the new plan b is better than it's just as good if not better than plan a yeah i mean um was it romans 8 28 says that um God will turn all things for good for according to those who love for those who love him according to his will and purpose for their life. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part we leave out according to his will for their life. Exactly. And I think um, if you do your best at trying to stay in that will, you're going to experience all that God do, does to turn it around and make your life. Um, not that your life will be perfect, but I think you'll be like you'll feel the grace of what you're in. Um, because it just comes with like a supernatural peace and understanding and like there's no way I should be able to juggle all the stuff I have on my plate right now but it's almost it's almost happening seamlessly and it's because I think God's graced me for this season and what he's called me into and I think when people step into the uh, God's will for their life and they step into what he's called them to the same thing happens they he graces you for what it is that he's called you to do. What would you say to the dweeb out there who's like, that's why I can get away with sin? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say... Can I ask that not doing that? Yeah, yeah, ask it. (laughs) Without doing the voice? That's why I can get away with sin. (laughs) What would you say to the dweeb out there that uses grace as like that license to just sin and do whatever they want? I would say that they have like a really, really, really cheap idea of like what grace is. And they have like a really... Really like I'm just picturing you editing that and still <laughs> leaving I just it know in you're fully. gonna post it anyway. Hundred percent. I'm Can fully. You start your answer. It's funny you said that because you go. Let me redo that again, and I go. It's not gonna matter. I'm gonna leave it in. <laughs> I'm literally thinking that in my head. Um, no, I'd say like I think that that person doesn't truly understand the the weight and the cost of what grace has come from, and I think that the only way that that person can understand that is by actually knowing Jesus deeply. 
um, because what they don't understand is that the gr- the sin that they're getting away with was what nailed Jesus to the cross. I think when you like hold the weight of that scenario, you hold the weight of like, okay, my sin, the thing that I'm like trying to sneak around was the thing that had Jesus sweating and crying blood in the garden of Gethsemane and had him nailed to the cross with the weight of the world. Like that thing that I'm trying to do just because I want to sleep with my girlfriend, like actually grace was a byproduct of God coming down and being human and dying on a cross brutally and shedding his blood. Grace came out of that so I could sleep with my girlfriend and get away with it. Like when you start to understand the weight of it, I think you can understand truthfully like what you're sacrificing. Yeah, it's totally two parts because we should do it because we should like exactly what you just said. We should do it because of the weight of of what he did. And then I think there's another side of it too. It's like God loves us all the same, but I do think in the same way, I think I'm my, my parents' favorite, like, I just truly believe I am, Mm -hmm. but it's because I try harder at my relationship with them, you know? And I think that in the same way, my parents love me and my siblings the same. I think I've found more favor with them because of the relationship that I seek with them. And I think it's the same thing with like, with God. I think that he loves us, all of us, the saved, the unsaved. He loves us all equal. But I think there is, when you try to honor him as your father, like I, I think that there is a reward totally in heaven, but also I think Absolutely. you find favor with him here too. Absolutely. And I would say too, for the person that's like at that crossroads and going, I kind of want to get away with this, but also I've kind of feel stuck in it. Like when you, and I, I just harp on this so much because you can look at like the law and you can say, okay, that should, the 10 commandments say I shouldn't do this stuff. And you can look at like living righteously and trying your hardest to do that. But like it's not going to happen. It's impossible. But if you look to Jesus, if you look and you say, I want to know Jesus, I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I want to know him intimately. I want my life to look like his. And you choose to look at Jesus more than you choose to look at how you should live. What ends up happening is you actually end up looking like Jesus. Your, your life actually starts to become modeled after his. Next thing you know, you don't want to sin. Next thing you know, you don't want to do these things. Next thing you know, you actually don't want to find ways to sell yourself short by sinning. Like, when you choose to chase Jesus, everything like transforms and changes. So it's like, hey, you want to try and get away with sin or you're stuck in sin? Like, chase Jesus. I guarantee you, you're going to start to actually look at the sin the way Jesus does. And he hates the sin because the sin takes you away from him. And like you said, when you're away from him, you can't experience his favor. I mean, God actually said that himself. It's not even theory. Like he made a new covenant through Jesus because man couldn't keep the old covenant exactly. that he made with Moses. Yeah. And I think that... The, exactly what you said when you study who he is it just eliminates the want and the desire to even do the sin absolutely john chapter or first john chapter six or is it three verse i think it's three verse six says that those who follow jesus will not sin other translations say will not make a practice out of sinning so i think for those people that are there it's like hey follow jesus get closely to following him and you will see the sin vanish in your life the Bible's not going to lie to you. John chapter 3 shows us, like First John chapter 3 shows us. It says you will not sin. Other translations say you will not make a habit of sin. So if you have sin in your life or you have a habit of sin in your life, like knowing Jesus and being a follower of Jesus eliminates that. And it's uh, way easier said than like, actually like sort of easy, which I would say like I struggled with pornography in my life for a good amount of my life. And when I started to intimately follow Jesus, gone. You know, like... 
it's 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 like we talked about it's that encountering of the presence of Jesus and the desire of knowing him deeply your heart transforming your desires being like his and then everything else fading away it's so hard for me not to just jump in and start quoting that sermon that I sent you about you behold oh you that sermon was becoming crazy. what you behold yeah it was so good you become becoming what you behold yeah Be, becoming is behold what no it's it? becoming what you behold okay yeah. thank you um yeah, becoming what you say behold. that ten times fast. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is why I don't have my own show. <laughs> you um, should. You're killing this. So the sermon that you and I have watched that I sent you that I'm so obsessed with about you know you become what you behold, and yeah. I think there is something they talk in the sermon. He references the transfiguration of Jesus, and it's not like Jesus came went up and came down looking like a different person. He came down looking even more like Jesus than he did before. Yeah, it's so good. And I think that that's what he wants for us, to spend time with him and look at him so that we come back looking not like a different person. But like him. Transformation is not like, oh, I want to be that person. Yeah. Transformation's like, I want to be back the original design that God created so me good. to be. Um, what would you say for the person who's like actively, you mentioned addiction, so I'll just yeah. go there, like actively in any type of addiction. I think that there's addiction so much easier to stumble upon today because of, you know, the addictions that we get, the dopamine hits we get from social media and actual addictions of like, whether it's drinking or drugs or pornography or lying. I used to be addicted to lying when I was like in middle school. I don't know what it, I like, like you just loved like gassing up a story or I didn't realize it at the moment, but later in my life, like later in high school, I'd be like, why have I been lying? Like, for these years and I just realized that I got such a dopamine kick of like airing myself up in ways I was just I would just really exaggerate things yeah yeah. like really bad and it just showed me this issue that I personally had with craving like like this dopamine hit oh wow and um which then I think led to I'm very competitive in nature and making people my comparison. So social media has been a very dysfunctional place for me in the past because I'm constantly comparing. So whether it's addiction to something like that, where it's a bit just like more spiritual or addiction, it's like a physical addiction. What is like step number one to, I just want to break this addiction. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that something comes to mind, whether it's like the music they intake, just something so little or something so drastic. What's the first step to, to getting, finding freedom? That's a good question. I think I can only speak out of my experience. Like I don't, I'm not like a professional, and I wasn't like addicted to drugs or alcohol or anything. Dang like it! That. I was trying to multitask, listen to a therapy session, Caden. <laughs> but I can give you tips of what I learned and um, what I saw in my life is, like I said, when I decided to look to Jesus and model my life after Him and like actually seek Him intimately. So like, what does that look like? Like. I decided that like the, my quiet time, my secret place with Jesus was going to be the, the highest priority in my life in terms of the things I had to get done in a day, like that he would go, that would go to the top of my list. And then when I d- learned how to renew my mind. So when I um, started to move that priority of um, quiet time with the Lord, seeking him intimately, trying to pray all day long, like thinking about him often. Um, to the top of my list, 
you start to actually like meet Jesus and know who he is and you start to learn the Holy Spirit starts to like reveal so much to you about um, his goodness and his faithfulness and his freedom and his fullness and what he has to offer for you. And he starts to tell you all the things that he thinks about you and he starts to tell you all the things that um, you can do to grow and things you can do to get better and what he has planned for your life. And he tells you all these things. And then you kind of go, okay, well, how do I access these things? And scripture tells us that you do so by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, by the transforming of your mind, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Um, And for me, when I learned how to let the Holy Spirit renew my mind and think differently is how I learned how to be addiction or be uh, anything like lustful thinking or... Uh, maybe it's someone's, it's jealous thinking or somebody it's, it's hateful thinking or, you know, when you can learn everything, everything starts in the mind and everything starts with a thought. And so when you can learn how to captivate those thoughts and then allow the Holy Spirit to renew them, you can, I believe, be anything. And I think that's why the enemy so prevalently in our generation is attacking the mind. It's why people struggle with depression, suicide, addiction, anxiety at like an all time skyrocket rate right now. Cause I think even the enemy knows that if we can attack their mind, they'll never access the fullness of what God has for us. And so learning what that looks like, learning to it, learning, it's not an automatic process learning like, Hey, I have a thought. I want to watch porn. Like Lord renew that thought. Tell me like what you think about me. Tell me, that I'm righteous, that I don't have to sin, that my sin nature is not who I am, that I'm a new creation, that I'm renewed. Like, tell me those things. Okay, I don't have to sin. That's not who I am. Great. I can move on. Or I want to, I need, I just need, really need a drink. I really deserve a drink. Like I had a hard day. I deserve a drink. Wait, Lord, actually tell me what you think. And the Lord says, no, I actually handled that on the cross. I handled what you went through today on the cross. Actually, you're renewed. You're a new creation. You don't need a drink. You actually don't need to go through that. Actually cast your cares on me instead of on the bottle and learn how I will actually take those away from you instead of just momentarily numbing you to those. And learning how to do that was, I think, the number one step. And then the overall arcing like umbrella of how like I found freedom in my life was one, seeking Jesus, knowing who he is, and learning what he thinks of me, and then using that to renew my mind on a daily basis. And I still even do it to this day. Like if I have a thought I shouldn't have, or if I have a uh, something happens that, or I see a picture on Instagram that is not a good photo that I should not have seen. Like it's quickly to, I quickly go, Lord, renew my mind, renew my thoughts. Help me live as you've called me to live. Help me walk in righteousness and just begin to speak to him and let him empower you in that way. I was just talking to someone who's like kind of an expert in sexual and I think pornography addiction, but he was just sharing with me that females that watch porn, um, 70% of them watch same-sex porn, like girl-on-girl porn, even though they're straight. And I was so thrown off by that statistic because that is not... I just would have never guessed that that was, like, a true stat. And so I asked why, you know, that is. And he said it's because the need to... or the desire to watch porn is 100%. might be different the first time you watch it, but the need to go back to it is such an emotional demand that the reason why usually this is like, I don't know, you can cut all this out if you want, but it is what was very interesting for me to hear is that because of the emotional thing that usually only girls kind of understand Mm -hmm. girls are finding it in girl pornography because they're not finding that emotional understanding in a relationship with their actual part. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so he was just, the whole point in me saying that is if you remove God and you remove Jesus out of the equation, your, your soul and your, your mind get so desperate for that emotional attachment that it yeah. would go to that. Yeah. Even without being like having homosexual tendencies, your brain will literally formulate a way to crave that emotional need that you need. And so if you can actually see everything for what it really is at its core, I have yeah. never heard one person say, I watch porn and my life's better because it's of healthy. It. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Like, you know, in, uh, in scripture, it talks about how Jesus in like John 17, Jesus prays like, Lord, help uh, the church be one as you and I are one, as we are one with them. And we're what they what the scripture shows us is that actually when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we invite the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, we actually become one with Christ. There's actually nothing more intimate than that. And so it's a great point that you make when you say like if you remove Jesus out of like our you remove Jesus from us, you remove the Holy Spirit from us, there's like a, a literal void and a little achingness of our, for our oneness that was the original intent in the garden. Like Adam walked in perfect harmony or oneness with God. And so if we don't walk in that same oneness with God, like you said, we're looking for that, anything to fill that void everywhere. We put it in our relationships. We even will place it on healthy things. We'll place it on working out so we work out a ton until we look a certain way. We'll place it on our marriage so we put too much pressure on our spouse. We'll place it on um, eating a certain way where we eventually get an eating disorder. You know, like you can place that pressure for oneness and something to fulfill you on anything. It gets placed on pornography. It gets placed on... um, pills and and drugs and and the bottle it gets placed on all of these things but with the really the fix is like when you experience that oneness with jesus the aching for everything else like actually disappears and i think that's exactly what happened in my life i was aching for for i was aching for um acceptance i was aching for um feeling like i didn't have to perform for something i was aching for love but really jesus had off, offers all of that and much more when I was aware of my oneness with him. If you haven't tried Jesus already. <laughs> you got Jesus? <laughs> you remember those like Got Milk commercials? Yeah. This is a Christian podcast. I don't know if you guys figured that out yet. Yeah, we really love Jesus up in here. Um, okay, so I do have to go now. Yeah, you have your daughter's straight up birthday party right now. But I feel like you're like flowing in the spirit. You should keep going and just let me go. I got nothing else to say. I would just say if you want more of this, come to a Yona night on April 14th at Haven City Market in Rancho Cucamonga. I don't care if you live in the area. Uh, you got to drive an hour. We had people drive three hours to come, Courtney. That's crazy. I shouldn't complain then about my 40 minutes. Yeah, but you were like deep in like another thing. Oh, that was like I actually physically couldn't yeah, you like get there in time. Get but there. in but general, my complaining, yeah, I like, should minimize that. For sure. You have a bad attitude. Uh, <laughs> no, but get there. We'd love to have you. And April 14th is the day. We're going to just believe the presence of God is going to show up. So, Guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please support Caden. <laughs> like, subscribe, support the show financially. Let's go. He keeps this free so that... I forget what you always say, but if yeah, you want to it's true. You almost did it like perfectly. I think you should run it back one more time so I don't have to say it. What do you? What's the? Call I say I keep it free, giving? so I like it's always gonna be free. There's no pressure to give, but That's if you right. want to give, go ahead and go to donorbox.org/slash/leona. <laughs> Just like trying to get funding for everything. <laughs> Uh, give money to Yona. Give money to the podcast. No, I really I don't remember what I said. Uh, you did a great job. Okay, guys, support 
support the podcast, support Yona. These are real things. Buy God's some merch doing. if Buy you want to do merch. that. You go to kadenfabrizio.com, click shop. But hey, Courtney, thanks for coming on and, and, uh, and letting me be the guest. That was so cool. Thanks for having me. You did good in the hot seat. You did thanks. good. You were really good at this. You should think about I've like... I've heard a lot of conversations in this room. So I just, you know, ask questions I've heard before. You're really <laughs> good at this. Like you kill... I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on like The View or something right now. Like I'm... Is this oh, Ellen DeGeneres so nice. in front of me right now? I actually am working on a show. Background. We'll that's talk awesome. about it later. I'm very excited to hear about that. Support Courtney's show. No, but for real, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, like I said, big shout out to Life Audio. Thanks for helping us do this. Huge shout out to you and me, Media, for just being literal our backbone to everything we do. Um, and thanks for Courtney for coming on. Thanks I love for you. I'm grateful me. for you. And we'll see you guys in the next one. See ya. Uh. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.